You're listening to Girl Don't Trip. Kick back with us weekly as we have soulful conversations about balancing career, relationships, and how to stay grounded through life's wild transitions. Because we could all use a little support from our sister circle. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Girl Don't Trip Radio. Let's do this. Hello and welcome back to Girl Don't Trip. You're listening to Bianca and Gabby. Hello. Hello, hello. Hey, girl. Hey. (laughs) How are you? I am really good. We had an amazing weekend. Yes. And we've seen so much growth in what we've been doing. Yeah. And just being able to get responses from our listeners Mm -hmm. has been really rewarding. Yeah. Shout out to everyone. Like, it's- yeah, everyone who's reached out to us and shared like how they feel about the podcast. Like, thank you so much because there's a lot of self doubt that comes with this. So much, and especially, I mean, obviously, you guys can see the numbers, so mm-hmm. we're not like we're still small. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're still we're still we're small, still growing, but. Um, we're starting to see consistency and like who is fucking with us. Exactly. Who's <laughs> on the wave with us. And that is so dope and something that like I didn't really take into consideration mm-hmm. when starting this. Yeah. Um, it was more so like us wanting to get all this like creative energy out of us. Yeah. You know? And like now that we're doing it, it's like I can't stop no (laughs) I like look forward to these recordings every time and if you guys have noticed our equipment is a lot better yeah our sound quality is a lot better because we have our own equipment now yeah so we started off renting our stuff and now we have our own stuff Mm -hmm. and of course it's a learning process and we're still learning but we're seeing ourselves really doing this. Yeah. And it's it feels so good. It feels amazing. Um, and I think taking that step, that like leap of faith mm-hmm. to now invest in what we're doing. Yeah. Because it's we started with literally like you can start a podcast without putting up any money. You oh yeah. Literally of course. You record, can record on your cell phone. Yeah. You record on your phone, which yeah. we've done. Um so, like, actually now taking that, like, leap and saying, like, this is something that I enjoy doing. Yeah. This is something that I'm taking seriously. So, let me invest in myself. Let me take, like, the symbolism, I guess, of, mm-hmm. like, taking that step and, like, betting. Yeah. Like, now my cards are down, you know? Yeah. Definitely. This is, this is my hand. And I'm going to manifest everything that has been in my brain constantly. Um, yeah. I wanted to share my reading from my pattern. Okay. As you guys Shout know, pattern, <laughs> pattern app is our go-to. I literally, every wake, every morning I wake up, that's the first yeah. thing I do is read my pattern. Do you want to hear something really creepy? What? So um, I am part of a tarot like Facebook group. Okay. <laughs> of course you are. Total nerd. <laughs> um, so yeah, but on there, one of someone mentioned the pattern app and I was like, oh yeah, like I have that too, but it's 
super repetitive. Like, yeah. I get the same messages every day. After I sent that message, I have not received the anything same that's duplicate. Wow. Again. So. They're listening, I tell you. They some are of the listening. things are just so accurate, it freaks me out. I know. So, this was, um, this is my pattern for October 26th to the 28th, and it's the new moon. Mm hmm. So this is what it says. Tonight, actually. Yeah, tonight. Yeah, Sunday. Uh, if you're not clear about your priorities, choose at least one thing that you commit yourself to and then take action to make it happen. Whether you're changing personal behavior, focusing on work or addressing your relationship life, there should be no equivalent. Don't look back. Set the intention to dedicate yourself to something over the next month and watch as it manifests. Ooh. And themes to consider when setting intentions include, do you act on your desires and passions or do you fear them? How often do you really feel alive? Does your life have enough of what really excites you? Do you permit, do you ever permit yourself to go to your edge or beyond? Okay. And this one is what hits the spot. Do you allow yourself to feel all that you feel without guilt, judgment, shame, or censoring? Well, do you? I am one of those people that, yes, I do <clears throat> censor myself. Yeah. I have a fear of coming off weak or... Weak for having emotion. Emotion. For showing emotion. I am a very emotional person. Mm -hmm. And if you really know me you know that side of me. Right. But if you're you know, getting to know me or we're not that close, you're yeah. going to think of me as very confident in herself and very in tune with who yes. I am. But there's a lot going on here. We, and I think that probably is what makes our friendship like so special is that yeah. we align on that so much that like we're really good at wearing the poker Face, face for the sure. The mask is on. Yeah. Like no one I and I could pro I could say this confidently, unless you're like an intuitive and you're really in tune with other people's feelings. If you know me, like from work or even social Yeah, you know, my social life, you you would think that, that everything's good. That I have it on lock. Yeah. And not that like I'm faking or any of that, but more so it's just like it's not I just feel like I I I got it on yeah. my own. Like I don't have to burden you with Exactly. What's you know my What's really going on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And like I try to be a light wherever I go. Mm -hmm. You know, like I try to make people feel comfortable. I try to um just bring a positive energy in every space and I can see And you don't want to be you, that negative Nancy in the yeah, room. Yeah, and I know? see that you do the exact same. Yeah. Um, but with that, that, not that it like presents like a false perception of like who you are, yeah. but that you no know, one sees that, that vulnerable side no. to you or to me, yeah. you know, and like, they might not understand or or see that so I understand I get where like that that comes from yeah because yeah, you feel like if I'm not wearing this mask I don't want to put anyone else off I don't want to make anyone else uncomfortable Comfortable, I don't yeah. want them to have to deal with like 
the burden. My issues. Like, let me deal with my own issues. I shouldn't put that on you. Exactly. The burden of my emotional stress. I don't want to put that on anyone else. So I get that for sure. Yeah. But reading that pattern really got me thinking about how I do operate this way. And obviously, starting the podcast has allowed me to be more open and honest about who I am. Mm -hmm. Only because... What else are we going to talk about if we're not really being honest about it? Like, yeah. I'm just making up stuff at that point. And being able to be honest and seeing the progression mm-hmm. in myself and, like, the healing mm-hmm. has been so inspiring and uplifting that it makes me want to just continue this process and continue right. doing this. Yeah. And... I like I just love the feeling I feel after every recording like I love being able to see myself speak to certain people that are doing all these things but have also experienced things that I've never had to see in my own life but see them overcome these things Mm -hmm. and be like girl what are you tripping about but then also (laughs) understanding that like sure the trauma that I've dealt with can't be placed on the level of someone else's trauma. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like we definitely get into that, like, comparison trap, right? But with having conversations with the women that we've had and also listening to other podcasts that we admire or listen to um, and hearing people's stories, it's like, sure, the details of the stories might be different. Sure, the experiences might be different. But there is always a gem there's always something that we can all resonate and relate to Mm -hmm. in whatever the circumstances we've all felt the like colorful wheel of emotions that humans feel Feel. and that's what connects us it might not our stories might be different but like the result of that the impact that those experiences have had on us I think that's where you see the like the, the connection, co- the yeah. connection, the common grounding. The, yeah. Like I see you because you've you've felt these things too. You yeah, had to like exactly. overcome them as well, um, and that's been really cool because for me, I don't know if you've experienced this, Bianca, but like just feeling like. I have so much to overcome. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like there's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of healing that has to happen. But also feeling like I, like, not, like, I guess, yeah, comparing. Like, if I'm going to be real, I compared my trauma to other traumas. Absolutely. I can totally relate to that. Like, girl, like, you, you were safe. Like, you had a loving upbringing Mm -hmm. like no I there there was definitely some shit that like I went through that I saw in my life like I'm not that's that that's real like I I'm from a place that like people struggle like I'm not from America exactly (laughs) I saw some shit before um I've seen some shit but still comparing still feeling like well I didn't go through this so why do why? I feel this way like I shouldn't feel like I shouldn't this. feel like this yeah. I've had the support I've had love I've had you know safety I've had I have always had a roof over my head I've always had food to eat whatever yeah and then feeling like damn like 
am I just entitled? Am I just being spoiled at this point for having these negative emotions and like whatever? But like yeah. speaking and, and hearing all of these stories, it's like, no, trauma comes in different forms, it comes in different, different forms, experiences. People, it really depends on your soul yeah. and like. And what could be traumatic to you may not be for the other exactly, person. Exactly. That's exactly what I was trying to get at. Like, the way we process things is different. Yes. So, like, something could happen to you and I could process it just fine. fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or vice versa. So, like, not to judge where you're at because if you're feeling low and someone that's been through something worse mm-hmm. is feeling just like the, the trauma is the same it's experienced the same in our bodies. Yeah. It's experienced the same in our minds. So we can relate, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, there, we can share stories and understand. And there's, like, a there's a beauty to sharing your story, mm-hmm. even when it comes to feeling like you're, you have to, like, be vulnerable to share your story. But once you're able to do that and you're comfortable mm-hmm. to share your story, the impact that you actually have is yeah. going to surprise you. Yeah. And we've noticed that from our own experiences now, like yeah. opening up to other women about what we've been going through or yes. have gone through and seeing their reactions to that. Mm-hmm. And, and no responses. one's been like, um, what are you talking exactly. about? Or like, that's too deep, girl. Like, yeah. relax. Or like, like you haven't been through anything, so like shut your mouth. You exactly. Don't know what you're talking about. Like, exactly. Yeah, no, we haven't experienced that. We haven't experienced that. We've been very blessed that way. And... One thing I have really enjoyed from this experience is opening up that conversation that life is hard. Mm-hmm. Like it's not all social media likes and followers mm-hmm. and life is perfect from what you post online. Yeah. Like there's real shit happening every day too. Mm-hmm. And it's not being like all sad, let's only talk about our emotions thing, but like, let's be honest about who we are. Let's not be afraid to be who we are either. And I know a lot of people are probably also wondering, like, how do we meet the people that we've been meeting? (laughs) Because we are, I guess, like our guests, as you guys will notice, are very, it's a variety. They're from all walks of life. All different walks of life, all different careers. Yeah. And And our next guest mm-hmm. is someone it like honestly like I don't know how we would have met her otherwise but um her husband is mm-hmm. my husband's barber yes <laughs> and um as barbershops goes like there's gossip that happens and men do gossip men do gossip and with that gossip came a connection. A really great connection. And we were able to connect with Janae, Ajanae Smith. Yes. And she just came out with a poetry book called Moon Phases. Mm-hmm. And we had... With the most beautiful cover. Oh my gosh. Beautiful things. cover. Honestly, and I will, like want to get it framed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's gorgeous. It is so beautiful. And I'll be completely transparent here. Like we did not read her book prior to no. recording with her and we did buy her book after the recording mm-hmm. and we are recording the intro right now the day <laughs> after so everything we're mentioning is accurate with our yeah. feelings yeah, um I had the chance to read her book last night mm-hmm. and you guys 
I know. I'm so I, like, excited. I was just... I teared often, up but... because this is something I've been needing mm-hmm. this whole year. Like, it was like a prayer that was answered from God yeah. because I was like, holy crap. Like, why do... Why is she saying everything I've been feeling? Been like, feeling. she's hitting every spot. Well, and I can just... A testament to that, our conversation is yeah. something that I feel like we've needed mm-hmm. this year. Yes. Um, and that is something that I'm so excited to share with everyone and yeah. something that I'm so proud of. Um, and honestly, like, thank you so much to Janae for being so vulnerable in our conversation. Yeah. And, and- Truly being your authentic self. Authentic like there was self. nothing she hid. Exactly. <laughs> like, and that I think created a lot of space for us yes. to show up and be vulnerable ourselves and ask questions that may be a little uncomfortable or might be something that like we might shy away from because we Absolutely. don't want to make anyone else feel uncomfortable. But she just showed up. She was vulnerable. She was like ready to talk about it of course and that was just like okay let's we're doing this like let's let's go there yeah and we hit some topics that sadly like people don't talk about no and not enough we brought some light to that and I really hope that this benefits somebody yeah. that's listening out there and we'd love to hear your feedback mm-hmm. so here it, it was, goes yeah it was healing <laughs> it's medicine it's going to relate to a lot of women that are struggling like I mean if not to like share everything we talk yeah. about but like miscarriages yeah. and like just other traumas like that and um, relating to getting to know yourself while you are committed to someone else yes um, the how that affects especially in like the situation of a miscarriage where it impacts not just the woman it also exp- that carried exactly. you know, the life, but also, also the, the impact that the, it has on the partner. The on partner, the man, of course, yes. The father of this child that was yeah. lost, you know, and I think that our conversation um, handled that yeah. really beautifully. So I'm so proud of us for for having that. Uh, for having her on the podcast. Mm-hmm. One thing that really stood out to me about Janae that I was able to relate to was the fact that and she shares this in her book falling in love with someone else before falling in love with yourself yeah and I know both of us relate to that as well because we did fall in love at a young age and we're with our partners for a long time Mm -hmm. and during that process we forgot about ourselves yeah and that's well, okay, but you... Not you, just forgot. Like, for me, it was like, I didn't even know. I was 22. Yeah, I didn't know, know that it was important to be loving myself exactly. at that time. Exactly. There was so many other things going on. And but there's a lot of rhetoric out there that's like says, oh, you can't love someone until you love, love yourself. yourself. You can't let someone But in. you can't also that that ha- blame yourself. Like, you can't help who you fall in exactly. love with and when and you fall in love with them. sometimes you do fall in love with someone else before you fall in love with yourself. Of course. And that doesn't negate. And it doesn't mean you're doing it the wrong way exactly. or there There's is a no right order. way. Exactly. There is no order with that. And I feel like if it is the right relationship, if it was the right partnership, if... Um, it's the right situation 
or whatever, you you can have space and you can take up space for yes. yourself to still find yourself, to still love yourself. Yeah. And you don't have to ditch your partner to go no, find yourself. You don't yourself. have to be like this single girl, <laughs> yeah. independent all the time. If that's not the, you know, if God happened to put the man before you, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and that's the situation that we've all, that we, the three of us ran into. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. And there, there is, there's space. Like you can definitely learn to love yourself while loving someone else. Exactly. Like, I don't believe that, um, one has to come before, before the, the other. other or and whatever. if you have that stuck in your head as well, you're going to stop a lot of things mm-hmm. coming your way. Or you're going to let go of some things that are meant for, meant for you and yeah. you're deserving for you. Exactly. So that was really enlightening to be able to relate to another woman that feels the same way exactly. about how we've yeah, been feeling and always talking about. Yeah. So thank you guys for tuning in yes. again. And we really hope you feel just as how we felt after having mm-hmm. that conversation. And here you go. Yes. Janae Ajane Smith. Thank from you. Ajane Poetics. Here you go. Enjoy. Ajane Poetics. Ajane Poetics. That's your brain. Your yeah, it's my brand. Okay. Um, but it's Gonna, it's an LLC, so uh, hopefully we'll have a lot of little businesses under yeah. that brand name. That's dope. And that's your middle name, right? Yeah, it's my middle name. Okay. So Janae Ajane Ajane Smith. Oh, that's really pretty. I know. It is beautiful. Really yeah, it's a really beautiful name. <laughs> <it's> not really <laughs> <laughs> People like, don't I say it right. I really don't like Jana when you hear the way it's, it goes together. The way it's supposed yeah. to sound. I know. Jana's not bad, but yeah. Janae's better i like it better yeah but yeah um we can talk about that a little bit about that maybe i don't know yeah we're good we're good to go yeah so we are talking with jenae right Ajane. Ajane. smith um and yeah so you have a jewelry line mm-hmm. we create jewelry and um a book that you just self-published yeah, yeah. uh a poetry which is so dope and it's called moon Moon phases, yeah. yeah, that is amazing. So thank you, first of all, for being here with Absolutely. us today um, and talking with Bianca and I. And we basically just want to get to know you. If that's why we have wine <laughs> here. It's cozy. Yeah, it's your birthday weekend, so we got to celebrate. Weekend. I'm <laughs> turn up a little bit. Um, yeah. So could you share a little bit about yourself? I know it's like such a this cliche question yeah, but it's hard we, we need background we need context so. absolutely so um i'm a creative is how i like to describe myself mm-hmm. um, i write poetry um and i did publish a book this year just a month ago less wow. than a month ago yeah. so i am ecstatic about that mm-hmm. um but yeah i uh, i'm also uh the founder of ajane poetics mm-hmm. which is um right now a jewelry business uh that i created to um, promote my healing um, journey mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. wanting to share it with other people. So Ajane Poetics is um, based here in Seattle. Mm-hmm. 
um, but it is an, an e-commerce business. Mm-hmm. And um, I created uh, bracelets mostly that I sell that are made with um, different heels. So yeah, <laughs> my husband rocks the I Am Resilient one, awesome. the black and gold, awesome. and he takes care of that. Like, I'm not even allowed to, like, pull on it. Like, oh, my goodness. I love to hear that. I mean, I think that the the brand I've kind of been trying to build around this concept of rock your truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, like a play on the words because it's made with healing stones. Yeah. But also just this concept that you have to be um, honest and true mm-hmm. to yourself. Of course. Yeah. And I just wanted to share that and promote that and... Ajane Poetics is, is pretty much the embodiment of me being my truest form of myself. Right, it's like yeah. your expression. Your, yeah. yeah. So you're a huge, like, advocate for, like, self-care and self-love. Absolutely. Have you always been like that? No. Or is it something you've, like, worked towards? This is something that maybe in the last two years, mm-hmm. so, uh, because I was just going through a really hard time. I've had, like, back-to-back health issues. Yeah. And I was just kind of pushing down a lot of things I'm definitely a big internalizer Mm -hmm. and so I just got fed up with being sick in my youth and I was like what can I do what can I do to change that and so I just started plugging in Mm -hmm. and learning about how to love myself yeah and and definitely learning a lot from uh, a lot of other creatives and mental health therapists people in my circle yeah. that are also kind of on the same journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But definitely, no, it's been, I was neglecting my self-care and that's why I'm so adamant about it now mm-hmm. because I just realized how important it is. And even thinking about the fact that I fell in love with my husband yeah. when I was 17 years old and that was really my first big love, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. And it should have been me. Of, oh my gosh! Yes, I can so relate so much I to that. To learn that, yes. and it, it's not in any way taking away from the love that I have for my husband. Right. I'm actually better fit to love him yeah. by understanding how to love myself. Of course, yeah. Ooh, but, heart, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so it, you weren't on this journey before. This isn't like something that you grew up around. It, was your community like accepting of mm-hmm. your healing journey and like mm-hmm. did you have any resistance from people around you yeah. when you started you know yeah so the, the strange thing about it is um when you you start setting healthy boundaries mm-hmm. people start pushing back yes, yep. they, do. Yes, they do <laughs> so while from the outside people are like I see you doing mm-hmm. much better Right. And I'm happy about that. Mm-hmm. They're also like, well, now you're not calling me every day. Yes. Or now you're not accepting my calls every right. day. Or yeah. you're just not as available. And I had to explain that to a lot of people mm-hmm. that these are healthy boundaries. Right. There's a poem in my book. And I say, like, these boundaries are for me yes. yeah. first and foremost. Yes. Like, it's not to push you away. But for me to be my best self and for me to really be your friend and your loved one yeah. and your lover, I have to first be here for myself. I have to show up for me. Right. So of course, yeah. That was the reason why I just I got so adamant about making sure that I use whatever platform that I do have mm-hmm. to encourage people to do the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and that's, I mean, because we're clearly, like, on this journey as well. And it's, you find the more you love yourself, mm-hmm. 
people's reactions definitely indicate how much they love yes, themselves. Of course, the way yeah. they're reacting to you standing up for yourself or mm-hmm. you protecting yourself, you yeah. setting boundaries, like that shows more about like where they're at yeah. on their journey than it does about like what you're doing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like so Absolutely. it's always interesting that like get triggered people get triggered yeah when people are comfortable with themselves and love themselves they're more likely to understand exactly when you're doing the same for yourself exactly yeah Yeah. um at what point did you really start to call yourself or feel yourself as a writer well I would say I've always been a writer you've always been comfortable to consider yourself like that I can remember yeah I've picked up a pen and pad and wrote for whether it's journaling Mm -hmm. or it's writing essays I mean I my bachelor's degree is in uh journalism okay I've kind of always been all about writing right but at the same time I don't think I really started calling myself a poet yeah um until after college which is kind of sad because there was a huge platform in college for me to really explore and even in high school um, and so when I got out of college, I started really plugging in mm-hmm. and I got connected. I started uh, volunteering and working with Youth Speaks, which is a spoken word um, platform for yeah. young people in high school. Yeah. And I just, I'm amazed at how dope our youth are and just mm-hmm. being able to be a part of that. But yeah. for me, writing has always been like a big part of my heart, mm-hmm. um, but I'm just now getting to a point where I'm, I'm comfortable enough to share with other people. Yeah. And comfortable enough to say that I'm a poet because, you know, you just see so many different writing styles. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you, as a creative, fall into this pattern of, like, comparing yourself. Yes. And so I had to get out of that and just say, I can call myself a poet. I write poetry. It's Mm -hmm. my lane. It's what I love to do. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take away from any other poet. Right. Um, and so I had to become more comfortable with that part of it. What do you think that resistance was? Like, why did you feel like you couldn't call yourself a poet? I don't know. I think it was a, it was a combination of things. Like, first and foremost, insecurity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, just not feeling like my work was good enough. Mm-hmm. And so being self-conscious about it and, and just kind of keeping it hidden for so mm-hmm. long. And then seeing so many other artists, um, especially in this area, there's actually a lot of spoken word artists in the Seattle area. And so I was just resistant and not really sure if I wanted to go out there and say that because then I'm going to be compared to these other people. Yeah, so you're putting a spotlight on yourself. Yeah, like, just having to get away from like what's going on inside my head and just be free to create. Yeah. And that's why... I've kind of latched on to the concept of just calling myself a creative mm-hmm. because it's not just poetry. I want to write tons of things. Yeah. I, I originally want to go to school for for a film writing. Oh, okay. Writing. Wow. So, yeah. you know, it just kind of shifts. Very diverse with Absolutely. your writing. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to limit myself to just being a poet, right, yeah. but I absolutely love poetry. It's my heart. Did yeah. someone introduce you to it, or how did you get, like, where did that interest come from? It's it's so amazing because my uh, both of my sisters actually write poetry as well. Okay. And my oldest sister wrote this poem for my mother years and years ago, and I was probably maybe like six or seven at the time. 
and my mom was just in awe of this poem and yeah. how amazing it was. And so my sister and I, we we typed it up and we framed it for my mom, gave it to her for like oh, a, a Christmas gift or something. <laughs> so cute. And that was like what sparked it for me. Yeah. It was like, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. She was able to create this story without directly telling a story. Mm-hmm. And it was empowering. And a lot of my pieces... They end with like this like little one line ending. Yeah. Um, and I that just kinda how it was introduced to me. And yeah. then after that I just started reading everything I could find. Oh, like wow. Maya Angelou, Nikki yeah. Giovanni, just like a plethora of artists and I just I honor them mm-hmm. with my work. And, you know, I was just so thankful because Dr. Mims wrote the forward for my book mm-hmm. and she came to the the Seattle Urban Book Expo where I was first selling the book and mm-hmm. she was there and she used to be friends with Dr. Maya Angelou right. and new Toni Morrison and all these uh, great last, prolific yeah. black writers and she was there talking about how amazing my work was and yeah. just that was just an honor that Being I seen cannot, in that way right of like Ooh, that's some validation yeah yeah <laughs> not that sure. you needed it but you know what I mean that like I mean, I you kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> you don't. You don't need it to get going, but, it's but nice. it does help. And this it's was your nice. first book expo as well. My right? first book expo. My first book anything. It. Yeah. I had just released the book. Yeah. That week, and then I went to the expo, and it was honestly the first time I've been in the community mm-hmm. and just felt that loved. Yeah. I was just so supported, and even just by people that. I never met that walk by and were like, "Wow, isn't I that love an amazing feeling?" <laughs> yeah. oh, it's, a beautiful it's beautiful. Cover. Thank it's you. Really a beautiful we have cover. to shout out uh, Kiki Elise who did the artwork okay. for the cover, That's but amazing. she's so amazing, dope. and she was that process was amazing in itself because she let me. She we we sat down and we had a conversation mm-hmm. before she agreed to do the artwork. And I just told her about myself and about what I wanted people to get from the book. Yeah. And then um, we talk, I talked about some ideas that I had. And I said, you know what? I want you to be so invested in this work mm-hmm. just like I am. So I told her, I was like, I'm going to sing you 20 poems from the book. And I want you to read it. And I want you to be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. And if you don't like it, if you're not feeling it, let's not do this. Yeah. Right? yeah. And she read it. And she took the time to really read it and mm-hmm. called me back. And she was like, we're doing this. Oh. And it was just beautiful. I was, oh, man. Did you guys come up with the name, too, together? As no, well? no. Or like how to, um, I kind of already knew the name and everything that I wanted. So she just did the art okay. on the cover. Okay. I kind of uh, finessed the, <laughs> the um, actual type. The font and everything yeah. on the cover, but and the, even the color choice. Yeah. But I did reach out to her when I was going vacillating between having a white cover, a black cover, or a navy right. color, yeah. which is what I landed on. Um, and she was just like, "No, absolutely, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go with that cover." Yeah. I sent yeah. it to her, and she was like, "I love it," and that helped a lot too. Right. Just I don't know when you're creating that process, you have to fight within yourself. Like questioning whether it's good enough, or mm-hmm. and you know, it's your first book, so yeah. you're doubting yourself at oh, the right, same yeah. time. Absolutely. Yeah, 
Absolutely. So why did you choose Moon Phases? Mm -hmm. Moon Phases uh, came about, the book is actually fully titled Discovery Moon Phases, Mm -hmm. Um, but the discovery is not on the cover of the book, Mm -hmm. and that was absolutely intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, But I came to Moon Phases because during the year that I was writing the book, I just kept I was outside a lot because I like to be out in nature, especially yeah. when I'm writing. I'll go to parks, I'll just yeah. sit, and I just kept every time I saw the moon, I was the moon is so captivating. Uh, it's it's moon. so I'm captivating. Literally thinking about this because the full moon passed like what a week ago. Yeah, yeah. and I just same with you. Like just mm-hmm. started really paying attention to the moon, and it's yeah. like I feel that energy anytime I'm outside and mm-hmm. I see the moon or to get a glimpse of it, and I just yeah. feel like not home but you know what i mean it's yeah. just like, in tune oh, you with feel, the earth yeah, yeah. You feel nature really right on, right definitely. yeah so the the moon was just speaking to me and i say that it sounds crazy but no, i was just I really it. it was resonating with me and so i was just curious that one day i was just like you know let me just do a little research on the moon phases mm-hmm. and so i just started looking and I just kind of drew this this metaphorical parallel mm-hmm. um, between like my life journey and my stages of yeah. growth yeah. and healing with and just kind of juxtapose it with the moon phases, the moon, right? Yeah. And there's three moon phases in the book. Um, it's waxing crescent moon, uh, full moon, and new moon. And those are the Perfect. three phases yeah. that I just yeah. really yeah. Stuck resonated out with to you. Me. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the book kind of starts, and I talk about some of you know the traumas that I experienced as a youth, um, especially uh, being molested as a yeah. child. And so, the there's a couple of poems in the early part of the book that talk about that. Right. And so um, that is like the the half sliver that that yeah. very small part of the moon yeah. that you mm-hmm. see is less than a half. Um, but I just kind of felt like I didn't really know myself Mm -hmm. during those stages, those pieces that I was writing, I was writing from those memories. Mm -hmm. And so, um, the book kind of progresses and it literally is a healing journey. Um, when I was writing that book, I was bedridden uh, because yet again, I was ill and, um, I really didn't have any other way of communicating. And so I just sat down and wrote a poem. I wrote a poem every day. Wow. Every single day, sometimes five poems a day. Yeah, just to get um, it out. Yeah, and I looked up and I was like, "Wow, this process has been so healing for me," and I, I want to share it with people. Yeah. And I always wanted to write um, a poetry book, but it, this one just kind of came. Like, cause for years I had been a little bit, little bit yeah, writing, yeah. but this was the stage where I finally found out that. If I want to write something, I can sit down and write. Yeah. Um, before, it, I felt like I had to be inspired. But that, that process, I learned how to just sit down and say, I'm a writer. I can write. Have yes. discipline. And work in that muscle. Yes. And so now it's an ongoing thing. I write a poem every day. Even if it's a one-line poem or it's a long poem yeah. or even if it's a rap. Sometimes I play around with rap. I'm not a rapper. I am not a rapper. I will not be freestyling. <laughs> However, um, I use it as, um, you know, like a, a technique, mm-hmm. um, a practice skill. And so I've well, kind of played around with it. You have to be really, the way you have to use words and language and rap. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like people really underestimate that. Like, yeah. just the, there are some rappers that like, might not be mainstream or whatever, but that I strongly believe should be studied in yeah. school because 
the way they like articulate exactly the words, and everything, just like yeah. play and there's so use much language and manipulate language and paint stories without you know really having to say much it's yeah. wild oh my gosh oh my gosh i've my husband and I have been watching Rhythm and Flow. Oh, yes. On <laughs> and I was just in awe of the just raw talent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love the different um, challenges that they had to do mm-hmm. because it taught you a different piece of rap mm-hmm. and what that looks like. And, I mean, it didn't necessarily play to each of the contestants' strengths at right, different times. Yeah. But they still needed to have these skills. Exactly. And so that's kind of how I looked at it because one thing that I do want to work on is my spoken word and just being more involved in the actual performance piece of that. Yeah. And that was why I've been kind of studying rap a little bit more because, I mean, you strip away the music and that spoken word. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I just kind of really been plugging into that. But, oh, my gosh. Do rap. you have favorite artists that you use, like, as inspiration or just people that get you in that, like, vibe? That, like, yeah. You know? you know, what I've really been vibing with right now, Rhapsody's Project um is amazing mm-hmm. oh my gosh and uh Raina Biddy who is an amazing poet mm-hmm. is uh featured on that album mm-hmm. throughout and she just kind of comes in at the end or yeah. parts so, of different tracks yeah. and she has inter- interludes and I will listen to that when I really want to write something fire I'm yeah saying, it just kind of gets, yeah, gets me going right. I mean because Rhapsody she's really about um you know just she's an intellectual yeah, rapper she and she definitely is for like promoting women and especially women of color right. black yeah. women in particular and so you know I listen to that when I'm just like I want to go in yeah <laughs> write something yeah. really dope um that I mean I listen to all type of all types of music but when I really just want to go in I mean J. Cole is my favorite rapper oh girl me too oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Huge yeah. fan. Poet <laughs> yes. Wallace is a poet. Yeah. I like to listen to his. I like a lot of his old mixtapes. I, I do oh like Wallace. Yeah. I wish he was not so emotional, but yeah. <laughs> it's like That's you're a talent. Yes, you are. It's like, I don't you don't get the you know the credit you deserve, but yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah, for sure. Yeah. Are you from Seattle or from? Washington? Yeah, I'm from Seattle. Uh, I was born, raised in Skyway, um, and. Yeah, I guess it's arguable whether that's a part of Seattle. Yeah. Um, but I mean, all my extracurriculars, mm-hmm. the schools that I went to um, growing up were in Seattle. Yeah. So I always say I'm, I'm from Seattle, but uh, I've also lived largely in Renton. Okay. okay. And um, so that's, you know, I went to Renton High. Yeah. So there's that too. But yeah, I'm from this area, born and raised. Uh, the farthest I've really gone for an extended period mm-hmm. of time was when I went away to school and that was just east of the mountain so I've uh, okay. never really lived outside of the state which yeah. is why I think it's pretty dope that each of you have lived like in multiple places yeah um so you bring like a really fresh and different perspective to this area but um I was talking to, to Dr. Mims actually after the expo and I was saying you know I've been thinking about maybe I might want to move to Atlanta and she's like yeah. no you need, <laughs> yeah. to, you stay need right to stay here, here. yeah she was like this is a mecca that is untapped in a lot of ways that's like, exactly how we've been feeling yeah exactly how we've been feeling we see it like mm-hmm. obviously I mean even on Instagram and stuff I see women and people of color and all that in Seattle doing really dope things but yeah. like how do how do we, we connect yeah, each other and we, like, bring us all together how do we make this like really happen for you know yeah 
Yeah, and I mean, I think that a lot of people, at least from our generation in particular, mm-hmm. are really interested in building that community yeah. Yeah. here, especially. So I've noticed over the like last year in particular, I've paid a lot more attention to it. And mm-hmm. if you want to be connected to community here, it's there. Yes. You just got to go out, meet the people, yeah. make the connections, come Absolutely. out of your bubble yeah. and get out of that illusion that Seattle has the Seattle freeze mm-hmm. concept. Right. Um, because there are a lot of people here that, that do want community to be thriving and want to have cold space for creatives. And it's there if you're looking for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I didn't see when I was younger. Yeah. I used to say, man, Seattle's weak. And, yeah. and um, I went away to school and that completely changed my perspective. I came <laughs> back and I was like, to I missed it so much. Um, I just went to, I went to Central Washington University. Okay. So just east of the mountains, yeah. but it's a little small town. Right. And it was totally different from growing up in the city and just being so connected and seeing as many people of color. And I mean, that's saying a lot because Seattle is still really white, but, <laughs> um, but there are like, there is pockets, yeah, there are pockets absolutely yeah, pockets. And, sure. um, so yeah, I just, when I came back, I was just like, I got to plug in, I got to appreciate what I have here. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I want to be connected to community and, and since I've been searching for that, I found it. You found it. I found it. I think it's when you're comfortable to step out of Mm -hmm. your comfort zone, you can find that community with that negative like mentality of it's not here. Like, or I I have nothing to offer. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Cause that is a big, can be a big wall. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely a process, but I'm seeing just a shift. Yeah. And a lot of people, like I, I go to the trap and paints, um, that are hosted kind of all over the place. Yeah. yeah. But man, I went to one and my friend and I, uh, we were just like, wow, how awesome is this? It's just a room full of black and brown people. Yeah. And I mean, in so the many energy, other... Like, yeah. And you I feel mean, comfortable oh to be yourself yeah. and you don't feel like I stand out just because of the color of my skin. Right. I hate that feeling. Yeah. I and hate I mean, that feeling. I would say probably most of us encounter that in your work life yeah. or in a lot of places yeah. outside of those community right. spaces. So, um, yeah, I mean, you need that. I felt so recharged. Yeah. Every time I go and I go to a community-based event, mm-hmm. I leave and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this is what I'm supposed to feel like every day. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It takes a village, right? Mm-hmm. So You need people to, like, what I feel like sometimes you miss when you are isolated or you're in communities that don't necessarily look like you or culturally align with you. Like what is reflected back at you isn't necessarily what like lives with it. You know what I mean? There's a disconnect. It's like, you don't really see me. You don't really understand where I'm coming from or any of that. So when you are in community with people that are like you, that look like you or have share experiences like you, Mm -hmm. like, you your your soul gets reflected back and it's yeah. like I, I'm good. Like yeah. I can do this. I have value, like, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. Um I wanted to ask you, what was the reason behind your I am bracelets of why you chose to go that route? Mm. So 
Um, Alex Hale is another poet mm-hmm. um, and author that I really admire. Yeah. And she, she does a lot of work around affirmations. And so that and I went to a cafe in San Diego. It's mm-hmm. called Gratitude Cafe, I believe. Oh, yeah. Okay. And they name all of their items on their menu are named as an affirmation. Okay. And I thought that was just amazing. Yeah. And so I said, you know what? I'm promoting these healing bracelets, these yeah. stones that possess these metaphysical healing properties. Mm-hmm. And what better way to reinforce that than to name my bracelets in affirmation form? Yeah. yeah. So I did research on each of the stones that I sell and just got an idea of what properties they're, they're meant to enhance mm-hmm. and they possess. And then I kind of gave the bracelets names based yeah. on that. Like, so it I'm reflects the actual I'm wearing my uh, I Am Love bracelet right now. Mm-hmm. And it's made with rose quartz. And wow. yeah, and the rose quartz is the love stone. Yeah. So, you know, I Am Love just felt right. And I, it was actually customized by one of my best friends. Okay. She wanted a rose quartz bracelet. And yeah. she was like... Girl, I'm I'm gonna give you an idea of what I want. I just want you to create something with yeah. it. And then after she started wearing it, everybody wanted it. And it ended up being like one of my most popular selling oh, bracelets. Oh, wow. Um so i think it's so fitting that it's called I Am Love and it it's the one that got most of the most love. love. <laughs> yeah. So how long have you been selling your bracelets for? Oh my gosh. I probably about nine months, six, nine months. Oh, wow. I Started uh, making the bracelets for myself okay. and just kind of got back into collecting stones and mm-hmm. acquiring crystals and different what things. What did that like? Was that something that you're already into? So the strange thing about it is, I was always into stones. Um, when I was a really young child, I had a huge rock collection, oh, wow. and I was a huge nerd <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> and would um, you know archive them yeah. and do all this research on the individual stones. And so I kind of got back into it because I was doing this like self-discovery process Mm -hmm. while I was writing the book. And so I was like, you know, let me go back to the things that I love that I shed because I thought they weren't cool or they wouldn't be received or whatever I thought at the time. And so I just dug back into it. And I was like, you know, I love jewelry. Um, and I think it would be really dope to make my own. And so I just got on YouTube and started, like, learning how to make different things. Oh, so you're all so self-taught. That's all self-taught. Awesome. All self-taught. And, I mean, these are pretty basic, easy <laughs> bracelets to make. Mm-hmm. But I've been teaching myself, like, little braiding techniques and different things so that I can offer different types of uh, jewelry on the site. But right out the gate, it was just my love for for rocks that Mm kind of got me back into it. And then, you know, I was doing therapy and reaching out to like everybody around me for all these different naturopathic ways to heal. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of people were pointing me to like crystals and stones. And so I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to make it my own. Like, right. I don't necessarily um, connect with everything, yeah. Yeah. but um, I wanted to make it my own. And this mm-hmm. was my way of offering healing to others mm-hmm. and a way, you know, to build this this concept of rock, rocking your truth right. yeah. and just being your authentic self mm-hmm. and really folding into yourself and remembering 
the parts of you that you have shed or or lost sight of right. because yeah. of like conformity. Yeah. yeah. And just how damaging that is. I think you don't really realize the impact that has on you until you like decide to take that journey to get to know yourself to like be yeah. authentic and like, heal well, a lot of this shit isn't even mine like yes. that I carry around yes. it really these ideas that I have about myself I, they're not mine like I picked them up from mm. society or whatever so yeah. yeah that's like a hard thing to I guess like overcome yeah <laughs> I started doing meditations and guided meditations initially because I was just when I started started meditating in the beginning, I was falling asleep. Of course. Yes. <laughs> and so I was like, work and right, or just getting sidetracked, right? Yeah. Just mm-hmm. bombarded with thoughts. And so to kind of help in that process, I decided I would do a lot of guided meditations initially. Yeah. So I was doing one, and it was it was the strangest thing. I was doing the meditation. I was really into it in this moment, and uh, the the um, instructor was basically saying like tell yourself I love you mm-hmm. and we just kept saying that mm-hmm. and she was like in the background kind of telling us other things like search for yourself and find yourself and then when you find it hold on to it yeah, yeah. and it seems corny but I did that meditation and I was crying wow. <laughs> I was bawling I was like oh my gosh I lost myself mm-hmm. And it, it in that moment, I was kind of laughing at myself too. Afterwards, I was like, "Wow, that girl, that was deep," <laughs> and it shouldn't have been that deep. Yeah. But coming out of it, I just I really started thinking about the things that I let go of or I've hidden because I just was too worried about what other people yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah, and that's safety. That's survival. When you're young, when you're coming up, like that's just natural. You yeah. want to feel included you want to be accepted because that's uh, genetically like that's what we're conditioned to be just as humans so it's natural to take on what you see Mm -hmm. until you realize like no that's not that's not my path yeah leading me to destruction actually gosh yes I think a lot of us too when we've gone through things in life and when we're ready to speak about it we also have this insecurity of what others are going to think about us. Like, oh, they're going to think I'm sick or I need help and judge you. And you don't realize that stepping out and actually saying something, you're going to make a world of a difference because it actually encourages others to also open up. Because I'm sure just from reading your book, there are so many other people who've experienced the same things that are feeling like, I can go through this and still come out of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I had a woman reach out to me just on Instagram. She DM'd me and I did a post right before I released my book mm-hmm. basically saying that, you know, I had a miscarriage two years ago and, and I promised myself when I had that miscarriage I was gonna give birth to something. Yeah. And that so I shared <laughs> that. Yeah. I shared that on Instagram and this woman DM'd me and she was like I just want to share with you that that vulnerability is so appreciated. Like she had just lost a child mm-hmm. to the same in the same way to a miscarriage, and she just like how I was feeling when I lost my baby. Yeah, was just looking for some kind of support, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, 
having someone be candid and honest about something that is really devastating and takes a lot of vulnerability to share out. Right. Yeah. Um, really spoke to her and she was just like, you know, I'm going to support your book off of that oh, alone. Wow. Yeah. And I've had plenty of people since I've been kind of sharing and, and kind of making my Instagram this platform for self-love and self-care. Right. Um, people will reach out to me and tell me that, you know, I really appreciate your candor or I really appreciate your vulnerability mm-hmm. here. Um, it has encouraged me. Right. So, it, and I mean, I think that that's the strength of community and storytelling yeah. in, in particular because testimony really does provide... It's everything. I mean... Oh my gosh, if it wasn't for the women that were in my life at the time that I had the miscarriage, that had had similar experiences, um, sharing how they got through that, or just telling me that it's okay for you to feel broken right now, for you to not know whether you're up or down, and for you to take as long as you need to take to heal Mm -hmm. through that, that really helped me because I didn't really know how to feel. I just knew that my heart was broken Yeah, and uh, the rest of it was just, because there's so many emotions involved. There's like the physical trauma, the emotional trauma and trying to get through that while you're heartbroken. Like it's, it's different than like a breakup with a boyfriend. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I've never cried that kind of cry before. Mm -hmm. I have never, I just never felt that way. And I mean, I was almost eight weeks along and that's still very, very early in the pregnancy, but it was so real to me from the moment that I, that is like, it's deeper than just the physical, like, oh, the embryos, you know what I mean? That's your souls were enmeshed, were together. And that's a loss. That is a loss Like that. I don't think anyone, unless you've been through it could ever yeah ever know that feeling feeling. oh my gosh I I mean my heart goes out to and the fact that it is so common yeah and not so commonly spoken of right yeah was another reason why I was like you know what as soon as I can talk about this without crying I'm talking about it because man women need to know that they're not going through this by themselves yes and for me the biggest thing that I kept feeling was I was less than a woman And mm-hmm. it seems crazy, but this is the one thing that we do that, that men, men can't, do. Can't, do. Yeah, can't do. And I don't know. I felt guilty. Mm-hmm. I felt so many different things. And I felt like I let my husband down. And it's like it wasn't my fault, obviously. Yeah. But at the time, you have all these terrible thoughts yeah. that are coming to your mind. Like, what? I did something wrong. I must have. And, you know, I was working a lot around that time. And I just mm-hmm. beat myself up about that. And the doctor told me, she's like, there's nothing that you did that caused this. Right. Yeah. Um, she's like, sometimes it's just something wasn't right. Yeah. And this is your body's way of dealing with that. Yeah. And that took a while for me to actually accept that. Because right. for the longest time, I did want to play the blame game yeah. mm-hmm. and just beat myself up. But... Well, I, I feel like that gives an explanation. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, you want okay, that explanation. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's my fault this happening. Like, whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. But the fact that it happens to so many women, that mm-hmm. one, one in four... Right, yeah. One in four that's pregnancies end in, in miscarriage. And we're not talking about that. Yeah. We're not sharing And especially your first 
pregnancy, right? Or yeah, see, that absolutely was, for me, what made it so much worse. Yeah. Because I was diagnosed with PCOS um, when I was, like, I don't know, like, 15 or something. Oh, okay. Um, irregular periods are a great indicator that That's you might be dealing yeah. with that. Um, but uh, through that, I realized that um, I... I I needed to deal with that mm -hmm. health-wise. Yeah. Um, and so I was having issues um, getting pregnant. We were trying for about a year. Oh, wow. Um, and it just wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like we were, I'm checking whether I'm ovulating yeah, trying. Yeah. But we were definitely not doing anything to prevent. Right. So we were expecting that we would conceive Something at some happened. point. But it just it didn't happen over the course of that year. And so I was like, okay, well... Uh, maybe we'll just reconvene. Right. We'll mm -hmm. take a break, give my body a chance to do what it's doing, and then we'll try again. And then I got pregnant. <laughs> um, and it was not planned at that yeah. time. And so it just it was kind of a shock. Um, and so I got, we got, we were like, wow, this is our blessing. Yeah. You know? And then we realized that, oh, shoot. Uh, it didn't work out how we oh, thought yeah. and we were we just bought our house and um, we were about to do a housewarming oh, and I was yeah. planning everything I was going to yeah. have the ultrasound blown up oh, and just put it yeah. in the room yeah, that was going to be the baby's room and then I actually had the miscarriage the weekend of my birthday so oh, this is actually the two year wife. anniversary wow. of the miscarriage and I was asking myself all this week why are you just randomly sad yeah yeah um and I was like oh okay I'm mourning yeah. mm -hmm. I'm mourning I'm grieving again right and um that that oh my gosh that feeling kind of came back but um yeah it's it was just a hard hard time because we definitely thought this was God like answering yes. our prayers and and giving us this baby that we really wanted um but, but in a way like I know this is I hate when people say you know yeah, things happen, happen for a reason, reason and all but, that, it but it honestly like birthed new you it, it turned your experience you have new like you know you took that experience and made something out of it yeah. and birth new life into that you birth a whole book to and share about, your and, story you know, jewelry line and yeah like, all of that came from and connecting with other women that have gone through that and who knows right. the trickle effect that that will have on them yeah. and you know the empowerment that your book has given them the other healing the women that will be healed through that like, yeah that's something special and that's definitely not to be like discounted you yeah, know yeah. and I mean that's my baby's legacy yes uh, that's beautiful yes. that hits the spot right there it's something uh, that will live on forever yeah. yeah and who knows her soul might have chose that you yeah. know like this is how I oh want to be presented into the world yes like, yeah. through, through my mom's yeah and work. I mean my yeah. book is actually dedicated to the baby that I lost, mm -hmm. as well as to my nephew, mm -hmm. um, because my sister actually um, gave birth to a baby boy, and he um, was born with um, a heart condition, right. and um, he only lived 10 days. Oh, no. Um, and, you know, I share that to say that my sister said to me, you know, I don't know if I would have been able to hear the 
the encouragement mm-hmm. and the things that you were saying to me to try to help me get through this if you hadn't gone through what you went through. And I mean, neither one of those things are something anybody would ever want to have to right. experience, yeah. right? But um, I am glad that I went through what I did if it helped my sister get yeah. through what she's going through right now. Right. Um, and I 100% believe that both of their legacies are living on through the things that we create. Absolutely. You know, my sister and I are working on a project together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're really excited about just sharing. And it's kind of going to be like a, a bunch of letters between us. Yeah. And just poems about womanhood, about, um, you know, conceiving, about, you know, just the plethora of issues that women deal with. And this like love letter to women mm-hmm. um, written from sister to sister. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It's a lot that has come out of it. So in the moment, it definitely is. You want anything else. Right. Yeah. The case. Yes. But um, there is definitely some, some peace and some solace in knowing that through that pain, something beautiful, beautiful can was come created. Yeah. I think you were very blessed in a way of having, the women around you to support you but unfortunately not everybody has that but creating a book that allows women who don't have that sisterhood or sister circle to be able to feel like they can relate with other women that are are powerful so powerful like I'm 100% sure you have saved many women's lives through this because miscarriages are one thing that people never speak about especially in our community yes. like i feel like fertility issues and mm-hmm. miscarriages and women dealing with struggles through pregnancy and stuff isn't really discussed openly mm-hmm. across the board but yeah. in particular black and brown communities because mm-hmm. also the media likes to condition like baby mamas yes and, like, you know, yes popping out babies right and left and right and all of this and like so even myself as a black woman, like, I feel like I've had that thought once or twice. Like mm-hmm. it's, I'm, you know, I'm yeah. good. I'm yeah. going to be able to have a baby. Yeah. Like, that's no, not... but I mean, I think we all kind of have that, that thought for some, yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, especially if, you know, you're not one of the people that, you know, conceived really young in life. Yes. And, mm-hmm. So, you know, you get to the stage where you're. Um, ready to have a baby and you're questioning okay <laughs> is my body gonna do what it's supposed to right. do yeah um because you don't know maybe you do have irregular periods or you know any other issue fibroids whatever yes. things that may cause um it to be harder for you to conceive yeah. Yeah. um and then we have we just have that question but um, I mean, even my mother, I didn't know she had a miscarriage oh, wow. until I had one. Yeah. And she opened up and shared that with wow. me. So it, even the people that are so close to you are not openly necessarily sharing mm-hmm. that out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. I totally get why you would not want to share that. Right. And of I think course. initially my husband wasn't that comfortable with talking about it. Yeah. Um, and I mean... Men and women process things differently. I mean, different people in general process things differently. But um, for him, it was like, hold it in mm-hmm. yeah. and just be a rock for me. And I had to keep telling him, like, this happened to you, too. Yes, yes. yes it yes. happened in my body. 
but this was a baby that we created together that you were hoping for mm-hmm. and this is a loss for you just as yes. much as it is yes. for me and that's the other piece is i don't think men are included in this oh, conversation no. at all no, yes no not at all not at all so i'm unless it's a negative like he blamed me yeah you know, yes. like husband that made it the wife's yeah. fault yeah. like i feel like that might be talked about nobody speaks right. about no what they're going the through during that, that process yeah that. yeah not at all so i'm i hope that by you know being candid about our experiences and sharing that out that Hopefully he can be an encouragement to men that are going through this also. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I want women to know that if nothing else, you can DM me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you can have somebody that, that has gone through something similar that can empathize with what you're dealing with. Um, and I hope that um, the healing process that I went through in writing the book is translated to mm-hmm. every reader. Yeah. yeah. That's my biggest hope for the book. And it was my birthday wish. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I really just want people to find themselves in the book. And, and I, I have already been getting a ton of feedback from people that have read the book. Just yeah. like, girl, I saw myself so much oh, in that book. Yeah. And that warms my heart. Yeah. And it makes it worth it to have to be vulnerable enough to share those really intricate and delicate parts of my life and my right. experiences. Yeah. If it's helping someone, if it's helping someone, it's better than me internalizing yes. it. Because yes. it's healing for both. Yep. You know, you get healed by other people resonating with your story because you Absolutely. don't feel alone. Like, it's like, okay, this is regular. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling yeah. like it's normal to feel like this. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with nothing you to wrong. feel like this. Yeah. That's a beautiful feeling because when you're going through stuff and you're going through all those emotions, you always beat yourself up to believe Mm -hmm. that there's something wrong with you. And when you feel the support by other women, especially, it makes Mm -hmm. the world of a difference. You feel the healing process. And that like healing isn't, doesn't have to look like one thing. It's Mm -hmm. not like, you know, you're on this journey and then like every day just gets better and better and better. Mm -hmm. You know, it does, but like, some days you wake up and it's like, I feel like I'm at square one again. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm right back, right when that situation happened. I feel like I'm in the midst of it. And then you're you're questioning, like, am I doing something? Like, am I, uh, is there something wrong with me? Like, yeah. why can't I get past this? Why can't I, whatever, not understanding that it's just healing is a mess. Yeah, <laughs> like, my gosh. I just had that moment last night. I was seriously... I wrote a poem about it because I was just like, I'm not supposed to feel like this. I'm supposed to be better. Yeah. But no, that's not how healing works. Yeah. There are going to be days when you see so much growth. Right. Yes. And there are going to be days when you see regression. Mm. And there are going to be days when you're looking at a memory and it hurts. It yeah. still hurts. And you got to give yourself space for that. Yeah. And that's another part of just healing and self-care in general is giving yourself grace Mm -hmm. because we go so hard on ourselves Mm -hmm. to have arrived at this healing i've hit this plateau of healing now i'm I'm gonna go heal others (laughs) and i'm never gonna think about what hurt me before that's not that's that's not true and i'm now immune to other things like (laughs) yes you know yeah it's not that's that's not real 
And so I had to remind myself, it's like, I want my platform to be real and honest. So right. there are going to be times when maybe the content isn't as upbeat as others right. because that might not be where my headspace is. And mm-hmm. I had to give myself space to be okay with that mm-hmm. because initially I was like, oh, I got to be on it <laughs> every day. I have some motivating thing to say. And sometimes motivation is just being honest and saying today Ain't the day. Today, is, <laughs> today not, is not the today. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's it. I know some of the people that I follow on Instagram, I follow them because they're they're authentic mm. and they're real. And when they're going through something, they share that. And yeah. when they're they have their highs, they share that. And I appreciate that a lot because social media for all of its good can be really damaging to your mental health and to your self-esteem. And to pray for the babies out there. Yes. With it as their only world. They don't know anything else. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes I think about with my niece. I'm like, we got to get you outside, baby Yes. We got to have you on the phone. Summer camp. (laughs) (laughs) Because we used to be outside playing. That was the thing to do. So, and you don't see kids outside nearly as much as you used to. Or interacting with each other. Like, that's That's how you learn. Like, that's the key. Sitting at a table at dinner time and everyone's on their phone drives me insane. And it's like, when I'm trying to be conscious of it, I'm even more aware, right? And so you're like, oh my gosh, I'm really trying right now. But now y'all are on your phone, so I'm going to pick mine up and scroll, you know? (laughs) And it's just like, I don't necessarily want that to be my reality. I want to have personal interactions. And sometimes my my girlfriends would try to do like at least one or two girls trip a year. Yeah. Um, And when we were in... uh, we went to Arizona this year oh, exactly. uh, to the Grand Canyon, and uh, we were just saying, like, yeah, we want to take pictures and, and capture this experience, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I kind of just want to take it in yeah, and just have this, share this moment with you all instead of trying to document it to right, show yeah, people, yeah. and so it's balancing act, because, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, for your platform to grow and thrive, you you have to be posting. It's a tool. Oh yeah, right. But at the same time, it's you gotta balance it for yeah. sure. Yeah, Gabby and I have been like struggling with that yeah. because we're from the generation that's not always on our phones right. like that. So we're like, we need to be like documenting this, but. <laughs> When you're in the moment, I'm just one of those people, like, yeah. the last thing I'm thinking about is exactly. snapping this or making exactly. an Instagram story. Well, then I'm overthinking. It's like, no, the lighting's not good. Yes. Again, like, yeah. yeah. And it takes away. It takes you out of the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not conscious. You're not present anymore. Right. You're thinking about how you're going to post, what your caption going to be, all that. What hashtags you want to right. use. It's too much. Sometimes it is a lot. It's too much. So you said, like, self-care clearly like important to you what has been your journey to find the things that really speak to your soul the things that have healed you that you've like really Mm -hmm. resonated with um I mean the journey has been trying a lot of different new things Mm -hmm. um you know I got into therapy I go see a counselor and I encourage everybody to do that yes um you know sometimes the work that we do um, it takes a lot away from you, mm-hmm. and you need to have a sounding board. You need to have a way to decompress and release that. So that was, like, 
key yeah. for me to start doing that because I'm just a huge internalizer. And so helping me to process out loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely also just doing things that are intuitive. So for me, because I'm a creative, I I go with the flow. I'm right. a free spirit, and I talk about that in my book. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of it is just getting into nature. Sometimes when I'm feeling down, I'm like, I just I haven't went for a walk. I haven't yeah. been yeah. out by the water. I need to do something to kind of get me recharged. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, I've learned new things like... Just even the, this concept of grounding, mm-hmm. um, just like the fact that we walk around in shoes she, all the time, yeah. separated, separated from <laughs> yeah. the earth. And so just going to the beach and letting your feet be in the sand for 30 minutes yes, feel connected it will with actually earth. help with, you know, chronic pain, inflammation, yeah. those type of things. So it's been a process of me, like absolutely looking for it, um, but surrounding myself with people that are Mm like-minded and all kind of on a similar journey um, and sharing out like my my two of my best friends we get on a a group chat every day I mean every week um, weekly now um, on Wednesdays we call it wellness Wednesdays and we will just share out what we're doing that week for our self-care and sometimes it's girl I went to the gym (laughs) yep and sometimes it's check out this really cool thing I'm doing, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. or I, I went to yoga or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just trying to be intentional about trying new things like yeah. doing yoga or meditating or some of those things, natural pathic ways of healing, especially for me, because I, I have diagnosed chronic illnesses right. that mm-hmm. I have to manage. Yeah. Um, and just knowing that the way I function, I don't want to be clouded by a ton of medication mm-hmm. Just having to look for other ways yeah. to be healthier um, and just plugging into that has really been really helpful. Um, and that's kind of been my process. But I try to just keep an open mind. So if somebody tells me about, you know, some weird way of healing yeah. or some naturopathic remedy yeah. for a cold, I'll try it. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> um, not everything you yeah. right? try it Before once, you're going to doubt it. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's just been kind of feeling out what works for me. Mm-hmm. But one thing I kind of got into is art therapy. Okay. So when I'm like really stressed or felt like my thoughts are racing, a lot of anxiety, I'll just paint. I'm not a great painter, yeah. but I like to do it. Does so that get in your way at all? Because like I've tried that, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I just overthink that like my anxiety yeah. gets so out of whack at, at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not a painter. Like, exactly. I think that's crazy. where it is. Like, it's where you think, I'm not a painter, so why am I going yeah. to do this? Or mm-hmm. journaling, I'm not a writer, so why am I doing this? Is this what I'm supposed to be saying? Right. right. But, and I mean, we just kind of got to get out of our own way mm-hmm. when it comes to that. Because, I mean, I think initially I was embarrassed to like post that I'm painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I started posting it on my Snap and the people were like, are you selling these? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Lord, no. Um, <laughs> I don't want you guys to think I'm out here trying to, <laughs> I'm just trying to heal. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a process, but I, I definitely, writing is key for me. It helps me, but I think that if you're not a writer per se, right, yeah. that doesn't mean you cannot write. Exactly. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't write. Yeah. I think you should. Yeah. I tell my friends that all the time that they're like, I'm not really a writer, just put something on the paper. Yeah. Sometimes you just surprised. need to write down what you're thinking about 
and maybe reading it will help you see that it's crazy or will help you step away from it yeah there's um jen shapiro she writes books and she wrote like you're a badass oh yes yeah she has a quote like she once said that she doesn't even know what she's thinking mm-hmm. until she writes, writes it, you know, until yeah. she's writing. And I found, find that for myself, like, I enjoy writing. Yeah. It's a creative outlet for me, but um, journaling and, like, writing my feelings down, mm-hmm. that has been... Because you don't, yeah. you, your mind Your mind so is in a different place, and, like, yeah. Taking that time, slowing down, I'm old school, though, right, with the pen and paper. Yeah, me <laughs> too. Oh, me too. Yeah. I prefer yeah. it. Yeah. It I, I wrote my phone sometimes, down. but... I prefer the pen mm-hmm. to pad, um, especially like if I'm journaling in mm-hmm. particular, I just, I got to write it. Yeah. yeah. But it's like almost spiritual at that point because yeah. I feel like that physical with your mental and like mm-hmm. you're open, you're thinking about your feelings. It's just like the divine like channeling yeah. through you. Absolutely. And yeah. reading everything you've written when you were going through those emotions yeah. helps you throughout your healing process too. Mm-hmm. Every time I've reread what I've written, yeah. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. like I've that's come a deep. Yeah, that's so yeah, true. Yeah, that's real. I have journals from when I was a kid. You save mm-hmm. them all. Um, I mean, I've lost a lot of them over the years, but I still have. Uh, at least maybe 10 journals Uh, and my husband one year bought me like nothing but journals for my birthday and I was over the moon (laughs) and it's like you know it took a lot for him to think that that was a sufficient right but I had been telling him like you could literally just buy me 10 journals and some really dope pins and I will be over the moon and he did it one year and I was (laughs) ecstatic Mm -hmm. because when I have journals that are unwritten in, I have to write in them. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it pushes me to stretch that muscle, to make sure I'm journaling. So I have journals for different things. I have some, like, I keep a journal, a pad on me because mm-hmm. um, sometimes I just get inspired and I got to write it down. Yeah. Um, but then I also have journals that are just designated for writing when I'm anxious or that are designated for writing about my gratitude, things I'm thankful for, and just processing through that. Um, so I think it's just, it's really a healing and to your point can be a really spiritual thing for you to just write and to mm-hmm. go back and reflect later on what you were thinking and how you were feeling in that time. Mm-hmm. And it helps with the self-doubt of where you've come from when you started all this yeah a lot of times we lose faith of our progression in our we healing process forget. like exactly life is always coming at you right yeah and sometimes it's hard to like recognize that like there is growth there like yeah. i'm not reacting the same way mm-hmm. to things that i you know used to and to mm-hmm. triggers the way that i used to and sometimes yeah. having that documentation to go back and be like Ooh, oh yeah you've come out exactly yeah. you've and come a long I'm way yeah, yeah. I That's think with journaling too, a, a good habit is to get into writing when you're also feeling good. Yeah. A lot of times we get caught up in only journaling when yes. you're in your emotions. Yeah. Like, no, get in that when you're feeling good because that's a good reminder mm-hmm. when you're feeling like crap. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's good days too. Don't hold on to these bad days all the time. Yeah. Yesterday, I was, like I said earlier, just not feeling 
my best self. Mm-hmm. I was just a little sadder than usual. Mm-hmm. And I literally pulled my book out, which I usually keep with me. Yeah. Uh, and I just started flipping through it and reading different pieces. And it kind of took me back to that place right. when I was healing. And it helped me feel better instantly. And I think it's the same when you reflect on things that you've written in your journal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, looking at the the gratitude journal that I mentioned, I go to that when I start getting in my head and and maybe thinking that things are just not going how I want just them to, the or yeah. just focusing only on the negative yeah. and yeah, the lack. Like that point uh, for sure, it helps. It really kind of brings you back, and I, I think it's really important to reflect on the things that you are really grateful for because we we just harp so much on the negative sometimes and some days when I write in the gratitude journal I'm like what do I have to be thankful for (laughs) today but then I really think about it and it's like no I am able-bodied there was a time when I couldn't get out of the bed yes like things like that you gotta really be be honest with yourself and face that because the negative is gonna be there, and it's just—it's so dangerous to, to stay stuck yeah. in yes. that space. So, um, definitely, my my passion for self care and self awareness um, grew because I just felt like I was alone a lot. Yeah, and it's okay to be alone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually enjoy my solitude now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I enjoy it and I need it. And I created a meditation room in my house. Oh, that's um, beautiful. I have like a tapestry. Oh, yes. it's, like a, it's like a sunset on the oh, beach. Oh, wow. And I just go in there and get away yeah. and read or write or paint mm-hmm. um, or whatever. Yeah. Um, or just sit and meditate in mm-hmm. that space and just kind of, you know, created my little alter space and all of that and it has just been so tremendously helpful through the hard times right yeah with being in a very long-term relationship Mm -hmm. and a marriage and then like taking that space and time to figure yourself out while mm-hmm. you still have that commitment to yeah. honor. Mm-hmm. How has that been? We all can yeah, I talk about we talk this, about this all, all the time. Just, yeah, just like I mean, finding yourself while you're in a committed and relationship. And a happy relationship. A, yeah, a happy like relationship. I, from my experience, I always, I've, been in relationships where they weren't healthy yeah. so if I wasn't happy it was I already knew yeah. what was causing he's toxic exactly but when out. you're in a happy relationship and then you're going through your things yeah but it's all internal how have you been able yeah, to overcome that definitely a process initially when I started doing all this talk about oh babe I need to focus on me yeah <laughs> and um he but he was never he never pushed back. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just like, okay, if this is what you need, if this is your process, let's figure out how we give you that mm-hmm. while also still nurturing our relationship. And I think what we found is that he was also neglecting his own self-care yeah. and working so hard to love me, right? Yeah. right? And vice versa. And I mean, we got together when we were young and, and we've talked about how we kind of bonded over this need to survive, mm-hmm. right? Um, and just both being these two mature people and these pillars in our family and kind of just got connected over that and didn't really have time to just really fall in love. And so it's really amazing because we're doing that 
right now as yeah. 12 to years yeah. into like, our relationship we're learning so much about one another and one thing that's really key for me in relationships just friendships romantic relationships whatever is intimacy mm-hmm. like i have to feel like we're connecting we're vibing yes. and so in my exploration i learned better how to articulate to him what i needed Ooh. and you know and he did the same thing yeah. and so we were actually having way more productive and healthy conversations right. we're sharing experiences together and understanding that i am this adventurous outgoing person and he yeah. is the pillar of stability <laughs> and <laughs> my life. Right? so understanding that yes it's okay for me to go and have a girl's trip with my friend. Yes. And that doesn't take away from my relationship with him. It, mm-hmm. it makes it stronger. Because yeah. mm-hmm. now I'm not forcing him to do something he, he doesn't, doesn't really want to do. Right? Yeah. You know, so honestly, this journey has been so healthy for our relationship. Um, self-care and self-love, it, it really does teach you how to love another mm-hmm. in a way that you probably weren't loving them right. uh, yes. otherwise. Because yeah. you just... You don't know how to put somebody, um, you got to take them off of this pillar, yeah. Yeah. right? And so that's what I had to do with him. It's like, you're not supposed to be my everything. No. Mm-hmm. You know, we're choosing to do life together and we're partners mm-hmm. in this in this journey. But I cannot look to you for all of my fulfillment. Right. Yes. It's not fair for me to expect right. that from you. And it's not fair for you to expect it from me. Mm-hmm. So... Just in going through that, we've I think we've gotten so much closer. And I think that more importantly, that sense of intimacy is there in a way that it wasn't necessarily before. before. Right. Yeah. So I honestly, I tell people this all the time. You plug into yourself and you're going to be a better partner yes. for whoever you're with. Yes. And it's healing yeah. them too. Mm-hmm. You healing yourself and paying attention, that's healing. No, it gave him space because I don't think before that he thought that it was okay for him to have his thing. Yeah. Yes. You know? You know, no one told me that it was okay right. for me to, you know, that I can have my likes and he can have his likes and we don't have to like. Right. You know, I don't have to be this ball and chain that's nagging him. Like, come yes. on, babe, like, let's go And here. I think let's society, go. too, makes you feel like hashtag relationship goals. Oh, like, gosh. you're my best friend. You have you're to do everything, everything together. Yeah. And no, like, mm-hmm. you're allowed to have your own thing going on. Like, that's yeah. completely healthy. Like, that, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, and I mean, he's so incredibly supportive of my yeah. art. You know, they're selling my book um, out of the shop the barbershop that my husband works at. Uh, and he texts me every time he sells a book. Yeah. He's I love like, that. I That's He's like your biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> but he has been so supportive through the whole process. Yeah. And even just in understanding that as an artist, as a creative, mm-hmm. I have to share the stuff that I'm going through. Mm-hmm. So inevitably that means he's going to be written about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, he had to, you know, come to terms with that. But... Um, he gives me space to do that. He really yeah. does. And I 100% feel supported in my art and what I'm doing. And even though poetry is not really his thing, he wants to read every piece I've ever read. That's so beautiful. And so sometimes he'll read it and he'll just look at me and be like, I mean, that's dope, babe. Yeah. Like, what do you think about it? <laughs> I really get it. It, yeah. got, it kind of went over my head a little bit, but let's talk about it. Yeah. You know, and so uh, we've been doing more of that. 
And I think that it is just, it's kind of drawn us much closer. Right. Yeah, that's really beautiful because that's exactly how we discovered you. Because my husband goes to your husband to get his haircut. That's so crazy. <laughs> and he came home and he was like, you have to meet this person. You need to interview her. And I was wow. like, okay. So I talked to Gabby about it. We're like, yes. And that's how it all happened. Wow. I mean, there's just so many doors that have been opened. And that's, yeah. that's how you know, like, divinely that we're meant to oh, be together, right? It's, yes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he, he has helped open so many doors for me just with his platform. He's... So community-based because barbershops, I mean... Yeah. There's a lot of gossip that happens that, over there. That, honestly, he tells me all the time. He comes home and he's like, babe, I'm a counselor. Yeah. Um, and, like, you really are. Yeah. And, I, I mean, uh, especially in the black community, men don't go to counseling. No. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing. Mm-hmm. So they're going to their barbers and they're telling them... That's really them the only exact space that they are, like, vulnerable. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, that even happens. We're yeah. also black men gathering yeah to talk exactly <laughs> you know, that's so true exactly so um yeah i think that that's dope in itself like him just having that platform mm-hmm. and being so community connected yeah um you know it's it's awesome i was telling you guys earlier he we can't go anywhere without people stopping him and being like mike you my guy <laughs> you know or you know just so happy about how they made him look and going home and yeah. my girl was so excited about my haircut or what yeah. have you so i don't know i just think it's really dope and i mean the the j styles barbershop just the environment in itself and just the pillar and the community that it is um it's just a, a great place for people to go and um i'm just honored that you know Jamil has been so supportive of my art. He came and did like a bunch of videography for at at the expo for oh, me. Oh, that's awesome! Just like completely free. Just, yeah, I want to support your art. I love your poetry, and I just want to support your work. So, I think it's dope, and 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 it kind of gets back to what I was saying earlier. Just like if you're looking for community, mm-hmm. it's there. You'll find yeah, it. yeah. Well. I want to say on behalf of Gabby and I, thank you so much for sitting down with us and sharing your story because it's definitely something, like we said, that's not talked about. And before we close, where can our listeners find you? So you can find me um, on Instagram uh, at Ajane underscore poetics. It's spelled A-J-A-N-E-E underscore P-O-E-T-I-C-S. Um, you can also go to my website, which is ajanepoetics.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Facebook, but um, I am most active on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, I welcome you to please reach out um, and please read the book. Yes, I, everyone. Read the, book. <laughs> the book is available for sale on my website. Um, you can also buy it on Amazon. It's available on Amazon. Um, as well but if you buy it through my site you get a signed copy perfect Um, and you know just yeah in full disclosure (laughs) i make more money (laughs) through my site but um i either or i just want people to get it to read it and um i i hope that you know my intention uh, for healing is is translated when for everybody that reads it yeah 
And I want to thank you both for welcoming me on. And um, I look forward to working with you guys in the future. Absolutely. This was so dope. This was so dope. I love conversations like this. So thank you for coming. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much.